It is time to get solar powered. We welcome you to the very first episode of 2022 of the Solar Powered Podcast. My name is Ryan Hall from Royal Hearts Media. Happy New Year. I hope your holidays were incredible. Spending it with friends, spending it with family, and eating a ton of good food. Lord knows I have. Uh, and as we're in a new year, I, I had an idea. And I had an idea that I believe that as we, as a, as we as a country, as we as a, as a human race start to crawl out of our, of our pandemic funk, as we start to really rebuild our lives, I, I really believe that healthy masculine leadership is more important now than ever. Because honestly, I believe there's been a lot of toxic masculinity in this world. A lot of toxic masculinity in our culture in recent years. And I believe as we start to crawl out of this, that healthy masculine leadership is more important now than ever. And what better guest to bring on than the lead author of a collaborative book that I was blessed to be a part of last year called Redefining Masculinity. And he is also the senior transformation, a senior transformation consultant at Coach Hub. Uh, and it's an honor to welcome back my dear friend and frequent guest on this podcast, Mr. Davidson Hang. Davidson, happy new year, brother. Welcome back to the Solar Powered Podcast. Hey, happy holidays, Ryan. I'm so excited to be with you. And from the moment I met you at Accomplishment Coaching during observation to now, it's it's pretty cool to see like how we both have grown and how so how much we've tapped into exploring the the realm of uh, masculinity and showing people new ways of being uh, a man. And I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Ryan. No, oh, absolutely. And you know, honestly, this podcast was partly your idea because you posted a thing on Facebook uh, a couple weeks ago about wanting to talk about this book. But I think it really does tell dovetails beautifully into, you know, what we want to talk about here today. And I think really, you know, you heard my um, you heard my introduction. What are some of your thoughts that came up as I was sharing that introduction about just I think the role that met that healthy masculine leadership will be in this world as we start to rebuild ourselves after just the the mess that has been the last few years. Yeah, great question, Ryan. Well, when I think of masculine leadership, I used to think about others and I started realizing, especially the last two years have been so difficult for so many is just leading ourselves from and leading from within first, right? So it's how am I showing up for myself in terms of self-care, just giving myself space to, to just simply be and, and, and not have to worry about others as much. It's, it's been, it's almost counterintuitive because we always think about others. And if it's anything, the last two few years have taught us, it's that, you know, once we take care of our family, once we take care of our loved ones, our friends, our communities, um, that's the best way to show up is just showing up for yourself first, right? So that that's really been 
a focus and just something I've reflected on this year after doing um, some pretty intense journaling and some intense introspection on on how I can show up differently this year in 2022. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that you said that because when we show up for ourselves in our, as we, you know, as we coach junkies call it in, in our essence, in our, in our highest selves, when we show up in our, in our highest selves like that, we really don't have much of a choice, but to show up in our gentle masculine power um, when we're showing up as our authentic and vulnerable Mm. selves. Yes. Yeah. I love what you said about authentic and, and vulnerable, right? It's, it takes courage for a man to cry with, with other men and it takes courage I mean, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the guys in my men's group have lost their parents um, and grandparents recently in the last few months. And it's just so rewarding for for me to to see these guys like be able to support and take care of each other and creating that space. um, You know, that this didn't happen overnight. Right. The, The men's group has been together pretty much since the beginning of the pandemic. So almost two years now coming up um, in, in April or in March um, soon this year. And yeah, it's, it's, it took a while, like in the beginning, a lot of the new guys, like when they joined, they, they sort of like assess and judge and like, okay, how much should I open up? Like what kind of space, like, why would I open up to a bunch of strangers? But really, over the last few months, some of the new guys that have joined have, have really like opened up and share openly about what it's like to lose a, a mom or what it's like to lose um, their grandparent. And, and, and it's so heartbreaking. But I'm glad that guys, there's a lot of guys that are open to talking openly about these things that, um, you know, typically it's they just hold it in. Yeah, yeah, because when, you know, and just speaking of the man here, when we hold in those those toxic, nasty emotions, when we hold that kind of stuff in, it's going to boil up. It's going to boil over. It's going to manifest itself in anger and in, in anxiety and self-medicating with mm-hmm. you know drugs, alcohol, sex, food, what have you, mm-hmm. it's going to show up in really unhealthy ways unless we take a serious look at just what it is that keeps showing up. That's that's a great point, Ryan. Um, and sometimes it looks like being a workaholic. Sometimes it looks like overachieving success but really it's that we need the external validation from our workplace right so you know i can speak for myself this after the last two years i really was like wow i was craving so much external validation that i've neglected my own family and my wife right because i was too busy quote unquote achieving and networking and trying to get to the next level and i realized that wow like i wasn't even being a man for my own family, my own wife. Right. So I, I, this, these past three months have really been eye-opening for, uh, for me. Um, I did, I completed Tony Robbins date with destiny recently and, 
in the last month, I've really have pulled back a lot and have quit some of my nonprofits so that I could really focus on being um, a man for my my wife, right? And and sometimes that looks like just shutting up and just listening to her. And sometimes it, it's like being take, taking away my ego that um, and trying to be a problem solver, right? Because that's what men do. A lot of us we get validation when we get promoted, when we pay the, you know, when we buy a bigger house or a nicer car. And yeah, that's, yes, like that's a component of what, why she married me. But a lot of the other components is just being able to just listen to her and not try to fix all of her problems, you know? Totally, totally. That That's such a great point of our relationships really suffer when we're st- just stuck in this big monkey brain of ours our relationships really suffer and romantic relationships but all of those relationships begin with your relationship with yourself Mm. yeah yeah i i mean it's interesting right because others like other guys in my men's group are like, yeah, when we think of you, Davidson, we think of you as very confident, right? Someone who's a leader, someone who gets people to brings people together. And yet if that's not my own listening of myself, it doesn't matter how many people pat me on the back or say, you know, Merry Christmas. Like, thank you for making a difference in my life. Like if I don't feel like I belong, if I don't feel complete and I'm trying to fix myself, then no amount of external validation will ever be enough. So it's it's interesting that even after doing so much, like you said, us being coaching junkies and personal development and reading all these books and have gone through so much um, therapy slash self-development, I'm still rediscovering that I still don't even listen to myself, like how some of my friends listen to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, as you... As you were sharing that, I, uh, I, I've shared in previous episodes um, when I came back from my uh, hiatus on this podcast that I have a relationship with the Capitol Theater in Portchester, New York, and one of my absolute favorite pastimes is live music, and to not only be back in that just historic. Um, a theater to know the kind of just icons of rock and roll and blues, Grateful Dead, Rolling Stones, David Bowie, just the Janis Joplin, just the absolute gods of rock and roll who have played that stage, just to be back in that room and feel that energy, but also to hear and feel the music coming from the stage again, I honestly forgot how much I missed that. I honestly forgot how much I missed that. And to not only that, but to be able to write reviews of the stuff is something that I'll never take for granted again Mm -hmm. after this, after these last few years. Yeah. that's a good point. I that I didn't realize how much I was missing music and live concerts and and the energy and the excitement of all these people and and like you said the history of all the greats that have been there's something magical and special about that energy that 
we have forgotten, right? And I mean, it's been so long since I've really been, um, and I've been starting to commute back into New York City um, because, like, like you said, like there's just something magical about that the energy yeah. of, you know, just roaming around New York City. Like you, you definitely get a sense of of a lot of the history and the, the all the people that have, um, you know, contributed to so many things in New York City. It's so rich, and yeah, I, I miss that so much about New York City. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I had a, you know, one of my. Um... Uh, one of my accomplishment coaching classmates uh, went to his place a few times, but he actually lives on um, in a Bleecker Street in the East Village. It no longer lives there now, but just to walk those streets and know the icons of jazz music yeah. that have walked those streets was just something that you could feel like. Like I remember standing in front, he and I went to a, went to a show um, several years ago and I remember standing outside the, you know, standing outside this little club, leaning against this tree as we were waiting to go in and pay our cover. And I remember sitting here thinking, I bet Miles Davis once smoked a cigarette leaning against this tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, yeah. d- just that kind of stuff. But, but, you know, as you were saying about just kind of like the magic of like being amongst people again, because so many of us have been removed from from that kind of life. Uh, this past summer, dear friend of mine from back home um, uh, came to New York City for a couple of days, brought uh, brought his kids, uh, brought his uh, two adult sons with him. And they had tickets to see the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets at City Field. And me being a big Braves fan from long, from just way back, I was like, absolutely, let's go. But I have to tell you, the, I, I was incredibly nervous, first of all, getting back on a Metro North train headed into Grand mm-hmm. Central. I was yeah. nervous about being back in Grand Central, being in the crowds in the stadium, but it yeah. turned out to be a great time. Mm-hmm. So I, th- so to, to kind of tie it back to what, to, to what we wanted to talk about here today, I was just completely in my head about what I wanted to get out of that particular visit. But not only was it a great time at the baseball game, I got to spend time with a a friend of mine who I have known since elementary school. Mm. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts there? Yeah, it's, it's, man, like you said, we'll never take for granted all these beautiful moments, right? I've been blessed to um you know it's been exactly a year and a couple days now since i moved into our house that we purchased and just reflecting i was we had um, some friends over and just playing board games like something simple as that right like just the the energy of just having that because you know i've been playing a lot of virtual games with friends and and things like that but like you said it's not the same right just having that like face-to-face you can feel their energy and you're laughing and it was be, you know because of the pandemic it was 
honestly, like I've only, I haven't had too many friends over in this past year, right? It was once during uh, 4th of July when I had friends over and then this was the second time. And of course, all of us got COVID, right? Be- you know, because of it, but it was, it was worth it. Like you said, because we were just cra- really craving that, you know, and, and from being isolated for so long, like we, we just needed each other, you know? Yeah. How, how important would you say just for all the men listening, but how important would you say that connection, that kind of that bonding time, almost like that, you know, like, like I'm even getting an image as I'm asking this question of a bunch of cavemen sitting in a cave (laughs) around a fire about to go out to about to go out for a hunt. Yeah. How important is that camaraderie and that connection for getting reconnected with that healthy masculine center that we all have? Mm. Yeah, it's it's a, what a great analogy, what a great image, right? It's it's funny because I look back at all the I was just you know, I'm, 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 I definitely reminisce a lot. And I, I, I always think about those crazy, crazy days when a bunch of guys would just do all these stupid things. And, you know, whether it's like roaming around New York city drunk or, you know, bar hopping or whatever it is. Right. And I, I, every time I get together with my friends, we're like, man, we did some crazy things together. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I used to regret. It's like, man, like I can't believe I did a lot of these things. And there's a lot of sometimes there's shame and guilt associated with it. But honestly, I'm glad we did all those crazy things because it made me, it made us who we are, right? And it's just funny because now we have, like, you know, my friends have kids, and some of them have multiple kids, and yeah. we're just like, dude, like <laughs> I can't believe, you know. And 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 when we get together, we'll kind of. Uh, you know, we'll try to revisit and we'll, we'll get drunk and stuff like that. But, you know, they have kids now, so it's a totally different experience. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's kind of like just telling campfire stories. Like, yeah, remember we went out and did that. And we got back at like 6 a.m. with cheese, Philly cheesesteaks. And our <laughs> our girlfriends would be like, like, why you guys always get food when you're drunk? And like, why do you never tell us where you're going? <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no i mean th- those those are the type of like those are the type of stories that you can that you can seriously see you know 30 40 years from now yeah swapping with those friends of yours over drinks as you're watching your grandkids play <laughs> you know what i mean That's it's beautiful. just there there there's just so many of those stories that I think men need to have those kind of stories, uh, you know, yeah. because I mean, honestly, I'm not a golfer. I've never set foot on a golf course in my life, but I could certainly imagine having a foursome that you play golf with on a, on, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Is it about playing golf? No, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, it, it it's about drinking beer. It's about, mm. you know, talking trash about people. It's about <laughs> that brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. I can't believe I went, I went, honestly, I did go to this judgmental stage where like, I was like cringe because 
as you know, there's still guys that still go on the prowl and like will try to pick up women. And, you know, I, I get some of that. And, and, you know, perhaps I, I could be just empathetic that, like, hey, that's what they do to feel young or, you know, that maybe that's how they, they feel significant. Right. But I'm not going to lie. Like I had my days where like I would go and like that was the goal. Right. To try to meet women, to try to get with women. I think we all go through it. Um, and yeah, like in a way, like all that. I'm grateful for all that. Cause then now I could see like, wow, like I am very lucky that I have a very loving wife who like loves me unconditionally. And if I didn't go through all the trials and tribulations, like the hero's journey, quote unquote, of dating so many women, then I, I wouldn't honestly have the perspective of, of how lucky I am, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. To be able to find your, to be able to find yourself and making those mistakes out of my old yeah. you could hear me now, but to be able to find yourself to, but to be able to make those mistakes allowed you to be able to, to, to see what you have in your wife and the, just the great girl that she is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not make the past wrong, right? Like, I think if we oh, dwell yeah. too much, like if I was dwelling on, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, there was a good chunk of my life where I felt really guilty that, oh man, like I was a crappy boyfriend when I was 18 to 26, right? For those years, like there were some really, maybe like a handful of moments where I was just a, a crappy person, you know, and to forgive myself. Cause that was like 10 years ago, you know, yeah. it's like, dude, like everyone's allowed to make mistakes. Yes. Everyone is allowed to make mistakes. You know, I, I was working on um, uh, a, a presentation for a thing that I have in February, just doing like some uh, preliminary research. And I ran upon this old, speaking of Miles Davis, I ran upon this old quote of his that I really like. And I, I may butcher this, but it's something like, it takes a long time to sound like yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you have to uncover a lot of stuff. You have to uncover a lot of mistakes. You have to uncover a lot of errors to get to the root of who you are hmm. and not apologize for it. Yeah, that's, that's deep. Um, and and I, every time I think I have found myself, I'm, I'm like, nope, there's still, still many more layers, right? It's, just, it's so complex. And I, I sometimes I'm like, oh man, like I feel like I know it all. And then I get smacked in the face. Like when I do another one of these programs, whether it's like landmark or, you know, um, Tony Robbins date with destiny. And I'm just like, man, like, I really don't know myself. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Speaking of Tony Robbins, you, I swear you have done more personal development work than I think anybody I have ever met. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or <laughs> I'm not sure if it is or not, but you know, but it's in character for you. Let me just yeah, put it to you. Yeah. Let me just, let me just say it like that. But you recently completed date with destiny with Tony Robbins. Uh huh. What would your bit, you know, first of all, what would somebody be getting into if they did something like that? <laughs> that's I mean, Tony okay. Robbins, probably a kind of a broad, broad question, just yeah. intentionally. Well, all right. Yeah, there was a couple of stories from the whole event that really stuck out to me. There was a woman who was literally going to take her life on day seven. So the whole event is six days. 
Okay. And cause, cause her father died and she just lost a sense of her herself when that happened. And somehow Tony Robbins was able to like get, like he, he bought a ticket for her to come to West Palm beach uh, with a lot of like his elite, his platinum partners, which is a $85,000 per year membership um, for, you know, cause everyone else was virtual, but yeah, Tony Robbins can get away with being super um, upfront about like your weaknesses and things like that. So he tells you to you straight. Um, what, why I got into it was because um, I realized like I have all this external, externally, my life looks great, right? Like I'm getting promoted. I'm making more money. Like I'm, I work for a good job. I have this awesome house. That's basically like a mansion compared to where I grew up living in, you know, in the living room with my, you know, with my family. And I was like, great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything looks great. Right. And then I'm like, well, why do I still feel like incomplete? Like, why do I feel like I'm not enough? You know, why am I still trying to fix myself and everyone else around me? So I came into it with the intention of like, okay, this pandemic probably is not going away. Um, so I also need, needed that support of giving myself space. It's like, okay, Davis, Davison needs a lot of external validation. Like, why don't, how can I validate myself without having others, why, without needing and craving others' approval? You know, and I think it's typical, typical for men to need approval. I think, you know, when it's that big kill, like you said, when, when, um, when you're a caveman and you're bringing back like the prized possessions, whatever it is, right. We're, we're almost wired. Um, and if it does feel nice to be able to like, you know, buy a nice house and, and pay the mortgage and, and contribute uh, to the family and stuff like that. But I realized like, I was like, I need like a, a radical shift or else like my life, I'm going to die alone or no, maybe not alone, but I'll have a marriage that is okay, you know, not like not phenomenal. And I'll make a lot of money, but ultimately I'm not going to have a lot of like deep, intimate friends where we have like real conversations, you know? And, and so, and people look at my life and they're like, what are you talking about? Like you have all these people, all these things. Right. And yeah, I don't know. There's, there was, there's always a sense of me like that. I feel like I'm missing but yeah, I mean, that's a long way of answering your question, but I, I just felt like there's more for me to discover and it, and it, and so much of my life was validating others, helping out others and, and solving business problems and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know what, it's time to put myself first. And once I put on the airplane mask, then I'll have the energy to be able to do all these other things that I want to do, like travel the world and, and um you know have kids and things like that sure sure and i appreciate you saying that because there's that's something that i struggle with that external validation i think a lot of us as men we need that validation of hey i'm so proud of you hey nice hit hey that's a (laughs) you know that's a great piece of writing or yeah whatever yeah. But it, you know, but in reality, I mean, just like my new book, I only I don't have many reviews on Amazon yet. But that one review I have read so many times 
it's a glowing review. Don't get me wrong. But that one review I have read so many times mm-hmm. and it made me feel good. But that's not why I wrote that book. That book was written because I wanted to heal my broken heart after losing my dad. Mm. So I think, you know, one of the biggest things I heard in what you in what you shared was this external validation kind of leaves us with this empty kind of hollow kind of hollowed out feeling of just why are we doing this if we're barely getting scraps from from the people that we need supposedly need the validation from yeah thanks for sharing ryan um that's I think everything moderation, right? Like, I think of course, like you deserve to have a glowing review. You're an awesome writer, right? Mm-hmm. And yet it's like, I always think like, okay, like, yes, I've won all these employee of the month awards. I won all these sales competitions. Like I keep making more money. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, like, am I really happier? You know? And I, I would say like, I'm like a little bit happier, but I, I, I also noticed that my life has been so much about other people that I haven't really gave myself the space to like, even it's been a while since like I've read like a full book because I've just been so busy, you know, and I used to read like a book a week, you know? So I was just like, all right, something needs to change or this is not the life that I want. But I, I, yeah, I was about to say we're, we're not on video, but you've got a nice bookshelf right behind you. <laughs> yeah and i imagine that's not the only one in your house either no yeah i have a lot of bookshelves Um, yeah but to go back to your point yes i i do think men like need validation and it's funny because i see myself craving my wife like i almost try to train her to validate me so she does like a really good job of doing it now and that took a lot of therapy a lot of work um, for her to see it but, uh, but even that, right. It's fleeting. I'm like, why do I, why do I get upset when she doesn't validate me? You know, it's like, do I have to be that person that, so I don't know, for me, it's just that discovery and, and really just being curious. And, uh, I think I'm in a good place now. Right. But I'm, I would be lying if I said like, it doesn't feel good every time someone's like, Hey, Davidson, like, good job. Like I read your book or, you know, Edwin's chapter really touched me or, you know, Ryan's chapter really made a difference. Like I love hearing that feedback and, and yet I'm like, man, like, I hope this doesn't control my life, you know, cause then I'm, I'm almost, it's almost subconscious. It's unconscious. It's not intentional anymore. Yeah. 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 I really get that. It just, I feel like it really removes us from as just to drop a little coach speak on it. It really removes us from our from our so-called what for of why we're creating these things why you why you created redefining masculinity why i wrote hello again why i'm publishing these other books it 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 takes us away from that what for of just doing it just for the hell of it just mm. to do it you know yeah yeah I mean, it's clear that you have a love for writing and yours is very authentic. I mean, everything you do is authentic and true. Like it does feel like you just love the craft and the art of writing. Right. 
And um, I don't think everyone has that, right? I think sometimes, I mean, you can tell sometimes on social, this is why like I have a love-hate relationship with social media. You can tell if it's like, this is just clickbait or if it's actually coming from a place of just like you said, healing or whatever it is, right? It, it, it lands differently, typically. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes um, I, I definitely have a, a hate-love relationship with social media myself, but oftentimes if I'll share something like one of my like deep vulnerable blog posts, Mm. I'll share that from a place of, okay, I'm sharing this because I've learned a huge lesson or I've taken it or I've taken something major away from, from a life event. And it's not just because, Hey, hire me as a coach or Hey, hire me as a employee. It's, because I've learned something and I want to be able to share that with the share that with my audience. And I, and as like you said, I don't think a lot of people really are connected with that. It's like the story that I wrote about in my redefining masculinity chapter. It's a pretty, I mean, body image with me is a really deep subject with me and exposing that in that chapter. I don't know if I could have done that without a lot of inner work yeah i mean you know you have a lot of memoirs that you're writing and a lot of projects that that you'll release one day and yeah like like you said it it certainly takes courage right it's like you're naked it feels like you're literally naked and people can really point and people can poke and prod and it's just very vulnerable and it's it's scary man um even like nonfiction or fiction, like we always bring our a, a part of ourselves, even in the fictional writing, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's maybe warped a little bit or, or changed around a little bit, but ultimately it is still ourselves, right? Oh, oh yeah, you haven't read Hello Again yet. Yeah, I, I bring a lot of myself into that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and sometimes you can be even more vulnerable, right? Because you can, you can, it it's not as obvious as like black and white, right? There's like more areas of gray. So then you can be even more vulnerable. So yeah, it's, it's um, good for you for putting it out there in the universe. And, and like you said, like, I want to acknowledge you that, yeah, you have done a lot of work and it's scary to, and there's different stages, right? Where we release certain stages and certain aspects of our life, because the more we put it out there, like it helps us heal, but it's also one of those things where you're just not a fr- not sure how people will react and how people, and we all have different stories. So you don't want to piss anyone off. And there's just a lot of aspects to, to releasing uh, memoirs and, and that aspect of yeah. writing. Yeah. And it's clear that when we release something that deep, when we share something that deep about ourselves, it's clear that we've had to do a lot of work in order to make it okay that we're able to create something so vulnerable. Like, you know, as you were talking, I flashed on, he's a mutual friend of ours, also in Redefining Masculinity, but our friend Alex Terranova, Mm -hmm. who has created something just absolutely incredible in a relationship project that he was working on and something that I, I, he will, he and his new lady will be a guest on my podcast here very soon. 
I'm declaring yeah. that into the universe. But you would think, you know, Alex on the surface, good looking guy, outgoing, but he's had to do a ton of work to, to mm. be able to get that vulnerable. So yeah. we all have had, we, you know, it's like Greg Allman said, is we all have our cross to bear. Yeah. And, and also not judging people and meeting them where they're at. Right. Uh, there's yeah. been, I've been definitely trying to rush the process and in, in this journey of self-development where even with my wife or my best friends, I'd be like, Hey, you need, like, I got a lot out of this, so you should do it too. And sometimes it comes off as like, dude, like I'm cool where I am right now. Like I don't necessarily need anything. Right. So giving people space that hey, it's okay to be where you're at right now too. I, I think that's been very challenging for me. And yeah, like you said, Alex, yeah, dude, that done has that guy has done so much self, so many books, so much, so many podcasts. And yet, um, yeah, he's, it's cool because because we know we're all doing this work. Like we see where each other is at and we're able to respect the process and how much we have all grown too. So that's pretty cool to to just be with so many people that are going through so many different stages and just really cheering for them too. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I know we're just about out of time, but uh, two more quick questions I want to ask. You're also working on a book yourself. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, uh, <laughs> what little time we have left, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a book about, like experimenting with psychedelics and sort of the inner journey. I talk a little bit more about Tony Robbins landmark uh, next level trainings, accomplishment coaching, and kind of what the play by play on <laughs> some of the crazy things that were going through my mind during that. I talk about, you know, when I called my dad up and how I was so angry at him and how I wouldn't even want it. I wouldn't even invite him to my wedding. And he, he did come to my wedding and just like the battle between all of that. But yeah, it's really just um, intimate, all my inner demons and all the like crazy stuff and some of the shameful and or, or shameless, depending how you, you look at it, um, things and, and events in my life that had led me to the person I am today. Beautiful, beautiful. And once that comes out, once you get that thing published, you know, you're this, the chair is wide open, my brother. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Really appreciate you. All right. Glad yeah. to thank you so much for taking the time today. And how can folks find you out there in the interwebs? I know you're everywhere. Yeah. yeah uh, Davidsonhang.com. If you Google Davidson Hang, I'm on like iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, all over the place. So <laughs> just Google yeah. my name. And a partridge and a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much as always. I think we've got a, uh, I think we as men really have a, a lot to offer to the world and uh, let's keep having these conversations. Love it, Ryan. We'll keep uh, doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I'll have you on my podcast for hello again. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. And I look forward to that. And thank you so much for listening to the Solar Powered Podcast presentation of royal hearts media for more information about me you can follow me on the social media machine at ryan hall writes on facebook twitter and instagram or shoot me a good old-fashioned email at royalheartscoaching at gmail.com but that'll do it for this episode until we meet again this is ryan hall saying thank you so much for listening so long for now i love you all 
Happy New Year and go get solar power. Take care.